Hello and welcome to the 5th edition of the Worst Wrestling Podcast in the World. I am your host TJ Hawk of 411mania.com and freeprowrestling.com. On this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be discussing my experience at the second ever Wrestling Is Respect show, which happened on March 24th, 2013 in Booton, New Jersey. Uh, Wrestling Is Respect is one of the uh, seven or eight or so uh, Wrestling Is promotions out there in America. Uh, wrestling is, and there were, all the promotions have obviously become somewhat of a punchline in a lot of circles, including uh, my circle of friends. Um, and but the shows often have lineups that intrigue me, at the very least, especially as a like as a live event experience. Uh, I've never been to a Shikara show, so and wrestling is is obviously you know well, it's obviously a Shikara related thing. And thus, they have a lot of Jakar talent on the shows, which, and since I've never been to a Jakar show, I was really pumped to see a lot of the talent live for the first time. And that was probably, that and how close the show was to my house was, uh, my, or those two were my main motivations great to the show. And I ended up having a really good time. So, let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh, the opener was Mr. Touchdown and Jervis Cottonbelly. Uh, this show was not uh, extremely, uh, well attended. I, I would guess there was about 40 or 50 people at the show. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many of them were paid or unpaid though, obviously. Uh, however, it was clear though that about 15, about 10 to 15 people in the crowd were, were family and friends of one of the wrestlers on the show. They just kind of had that vibe about them. They didn't seem to be wrestling fans. They all just seemed like, and like you could see like parents thanking, the, thanking these people for showing up. And it just felt like a situation where they're all there for this one person. And so I was really curious who that person was going to be. And it's quite obvious that they were all there for Jervis Cottonbelly. So if you, when you watch the show, if you watch the show, uh, Jervis Cottonbelly is going to seem like the biggest star on the show based on the reaction he gets from the crowd. And that's because uh, the, you know, whatever, his friends and family or whoever they were just were screaming their heads off for him when he came out and for most of his match. And they actually, I was those people actually had a really infectious quality about them, and everyone was pretty hot for this match, which had a great dynamic of the dastardly hail Mr. Touchdown, and the fantastically polite Jervis Cottonbelly. Uh, the match was a bit sloppier at times than I expected. Uh, I mean, my speculation would be that Jervis was a little bit nervous with so many people he knew in the crowd, but besides that, like this was a really fun opener. I love Mr. Touchdown. I love Jervis Cottonbelly. I would love to see a rematch, uh, especially if it happened in Chikara. They had a really great dynamic, and uh, eventually Mr. Touchdown won, uh, which is unfortunate. He won with a flea flicker, flea flicker uh, which I believe is like that back suplex into an uh, ace crusher, I believe. I'm not sure how well he connected on it, because I don't think he actually connected on the ace crusher aspect of it. But regardless, this is a really fun match. Uh, Jervis has got a ton of talent. He's not completely ready yet to be a big part of Shakar going forward, but he should definitely be on Shakar shows very soon, and I would love to see him have some matches with Green Ant. I would love to see him have another match with Mike Quackenbush, and you know, a lot... His, his, I want to see him have a match with Colt Cabana. He's, he's, he's got great technical skill already, and I think he can be a big part of Shakar going forward, if that's what they want. So the show was off to a good start, and then uh, the second match was Beta Scott versus Tara Calloway. Uh, anybody who follows me on Twitter, uh, at TJHawk411, knows that I am not the biggest fan of Beta Scott as a performer. In the ring, out of the ring, on the microphone, on commentary. I just don't think 
whatever she's bringing to the table, I don't respond to anyway. Um, and if I seem like overly mean sometimes about that, it's mostly just because she has gets so many opportunities and so much praise from random people. And like, why is she being pushed to the moon in some promotions? Why is she being pushed as like this big future wrestling superstar? When in my mind, she has, you know, she's not bringing a lot to the table in terms of talent, uh, like on the microphone in the ring. And that's not to say that she can't be useful to a promotion, but I just don't... She's, her, her push, her exposure, seems to far, far... Uh, it's just it's just not... It doesn't match up with her talent, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so this match was humming along awfully for about two minutes. Uh, Tara Calloway looked like she didn't belong in the ring at all. Uh, this could just... I don't know. They may have just had some miscommunications. They... They may not have any chemistry. They may not have planned anything. I don't know what was going on. But for about two or three minutes, this match looked to be really, really bad. And you could almost make the whole match. It, I was honestly thinking in my head, this whole match could just be a single episode of Botchamania one day. Uh, so at one point, Veda just falls to the floor and, and doing some usual uh, heel stalling tactics. And, um, you know, she's on one side of the ring. Tara's on the other side of the ring. And Tara hops from the apron to the floor. And I didn't see the hop, but I figured out what she did. And she collapsed to the floor immediately and was screaming her head off. And it got really awkward really fast because everyone realized and that she was injured and this was not in any way planned. And she was screaming her head off. She was just saying she couldn't walk. She had to be carried to the back. Everyone looked, everyone running the show looked really concerned. And they eventually managed to carry her to the back, and you could actually hear her screaming in the locker room. And you, like, you know, she was behind the curtain, so you couldn't see anything. But all you could do was hear her screaming, and it was frankly very, very disturbing. And I don't know, it was very, very disturbing when it happened. We did, never got update for the rest of the show what happened. Uh, it turns out she was eventually taken to the hospital, and she dislocated her knee, tore her ACL, tore her PCL, and tore her meniscus, which is just it awful, awful situation. And uh, I wish her the best in her recovery. Um, you know, like, I, I mean, it's just wrestling. It's just an art. I don't, I'm not actually offended when people aren't good at it. So there in no way did I wish this upon anybody. And I obviously would have taken a 30 minute match between these two over an injury between one of them. But, uh, yeah, so this was, anyway, it was, it was not going to be a good match, but just an awful injury that almost I was I was really afraid it was going to also ruin the whole show, and I mean obviously that's uh, small t- potatoes uh, in, in compared to the, the seriousness of that injury, but you know it was like there was a very herb, uh, disturbed like uh, silence in the crowd after this, and uh, for the show to be successful, they really need the crowd really need to get back into the next match right away, and that actually happened. Uh, in the most unlikely of matchups for the purposes of exciting me, and never mind the whole crowd, it was a Devastation Corporation without Sidney Bacavella versus the Baltic Siege, the Estonian Thunder Frog, and the Latvian, Latvian Proud Oak. And this match was laid out very, very differently from a typical tag match, especially from what I expected. Like, uh, Thunder Frog and Proud Oak stormed the ring like they were... It was just, they didn't do it, they did very little by the book here, and it was very much appreciated, and it very much worked. 
Uh, Thunder Frog and Proud Oak really were busting their asses in the ring uh, to make, one, the corporation look strong, but also just to show off how talented they are. And they're, I mean, they're an act that's pretty much ready, I think, for Chikara in terms of just being fun and funny and entertaining, which is what wrestling should be. Uh, and in surprise of all things, uh, they actually, the Baltic Seas actually beat the Devastation Corporation when Thunderfrog caught, uh, I believe, uh, Blaster McMassive with a crucifix pin. And the man, people were pumped, 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 pumped for that win. And this was a, the per, like pretty much a perfect way to get the crowd back into the show after that terrible injury. And uh, obviously the Devastation Corporation did not take to this loss kindly, and they started to beat the crap out of the Thunderfrog and the, the Latvian Proud Oak after their match. But they were saved by their third, by their apparent new stablemate, the Lithuanian Snow Troll, who made the save, and the Devastation Corporation ran away. And if the Lithuanian Snow Troll, the Estonian Thunderfrog, and the Latvian Proud Oak are not in King of Trios next year, there's King of Trios. I will be disappointed. What an amazing group of creatures this is. And uh, I I love them. They're fun. They made this show more enjoyable. They they make every show they're on more enjoyable. So good stuff there. Uh, the next match was Green Ant versus The Shard. Uh, this match was originally supposed to be Green Ant versus Mike Quackenbush, which was a rematch from the first Wrestling is Respect show. But Quack apparently had emergency surgery, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him before the show walking around just fine. But during the show, he was walking around with a cane. I'm not sure what, what that was about. But regardless, uh, Green Ant and the Shard uh, had really good chemistry. They worked a really physical match. Uh, they brawled a little bit on the, in the crowd. They, you know, in the in the ring, they did a bunch of cool stuff. The Shard is looking amazing lately, and I know I, I, I criticize the Shard a lot on Twitter. It's mostly out of jest, and, uh, but uh, I do like him. I do think he's very talented, and I think he's going to be a big part of Jakar uh, in 2013, and it's going to make Jakar better as a result. Uh, Green Ant eventually defeated the Shard after multiple attempts, but he, finally, he was finally able to lock in the Texas Cloverleaf, and the, and the Shard submitted. Uh, really good match. I love Green Ant. That's the first time I got to see him live, so I was really excited about that. Really, really good match. Uh, probably one of the best, probably the second best match on uh, on the show. Uh, anyway, that after that we had intermission, uh, which was highlighted by probably the Lithuanian snow troll passing out snow. He uh, got some snow from outside and started passing it out. Uh, did much else that would have happened during intermission? I don't think anything else really of note happened during intermission. Uh, oh, uh, we it was revealed Daisy Hayes was selling delirious merch. Uh, Pelly Primo was selling Beta Scott 8x10s, and my phone just started ringing. How professional is that, huh? And we're back. Uh, sorry, I got a phone call from work there. Uh, anyway, what was I? I, was, I left off. Uh, Daisy Hayes was selling Delirious merch. Pelly Primo was selling uh, Beta Scott 8x10s. Those are the most interesting facts about the intermission. Uh, we came back, and we had another uh, replacement match as Granakuma took on Rhett Titus. Uh, Grand Akuma was supposed to have a rematch with Ophidian, but Ophidian is apparently also injured. Uh, I think I saw a photo of him on Twitter with crutches, so something serious must have happened. So Rhett Titus actually replaced him, which was surprising, because usually uh, Jakara, I mean, excuse me, Wrestling Is has been re replacing uh, injured talent with bigger names, but they did here. 
And Red Titus was, I think, affiliated a little bit with the Pro Wrestling Respect promotion, which is the, you know, the parent, I mean, not the parent promotion, but like the ancestor promotion of Wrestling as Respect, if you want to uh, go there. Uh, Red Titus was in full, uh, was, was in full the thrust as a must mode. He was addicted to love, Red Titus. He was not the new and approved and mature Red Titus from ROH. Uh, at first, I thought that was, it was a little, I was a little disappointed in that, but it, I think it, it, it created like a necessary dichotomy between the two characters, and made it much more easy, made it much more easy uh, for the crowd to get behind Akuma and to dislike Titus just right away. So they didn't have, and so basically, they just had a very compact, probably about eight to ten minutes, no more than that match, but it was really fun, really physical. They kept the action. Uh, quick, there weren't a lot of lulls in the action. I'm sorry, I, I that that was just horrible verbiage on my part. I apologize. Anyway, uh, it looked like there were a couple moments where it looked like you know they. It, I mean, I presume this is a first time matchup between these two, and there were a couple moments where it looked like that. And the end, the end was somewhat anticlimactic. Uh, Red Titus essentially hit like a an implant DDT, and it wasn't especially devastating finisher. I think the idea was that he kicked Akuma in the head really hard right before it and then hit the DDT. And, uh, but it wasn't an especially impactful finisher. Uh, but regardless, this was a really good match. Or, sorry, a good match. I enjoyed it a lot and I would I left it wanting a rematch. And uh, if I go to Wrestling Respect 3, I would want to see that this and to have a rematch. Alright, the next match was Grizzly Redwood versus Oleg the Usurper. Uh, which was supposed to happen on the first Wrestling Is Respect show, but Grizzly Redwood was injured, and... Or, excuse me, Grizzly Redwood, I think, was supposed to face Soldier Ant. But Soldier Ant was injured, and... No, no, no. S- Soldier Ant... You know what? I can't remember what the point is. The point is, Soldier Ant versus Oleg the Usurper happened in the last show, and it was supposed to be Grizzly versus Oleg. I'm 99% sure that's how it was supposed to go down. Uh, regardless, the match happened here... Uh, Oleg was doing the gimmick to 110%. I don't really respond to the Oleg, the Usurper gimmick at all. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's a particularly talented wrestler. The character is a very like, ten, like for he's like for kids ten and under. Uh, you know when Kevin Steen tells like his uh, early career stories of working with Jacques Rougeau and the the awful characters that were in his promotion like. The pirate and the clown. That's what I feel like Oleg the Usurper's like. And uh, it doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, Grizzly worked hard, as usual. And I mean, Oleg worked hard, too. And he got over with pretty much most of the crowd besides me. Uh, and Oleg accidentally knocked himself out eventually on the turnbuckle. And then Grizzly rolled him up for the win. And Grizzly got the surprise win, which got a big pop. Uh, there was a pretty amusing gag where Oleg kept thinking that he had won the match. Well, not thinking he'd won the match, but he assumed he'd had the match won about several times. He kept saying, I've won! I am the victor! And then when he woke up from being knocked out, Grizzly was long gone, and he woke up and just assumed that he was the victor again. That was mildly amusing. Uh, you know, not... Uh, that, that was like the silver lining of this match for me. I didn't really care about it, and uh, you know, I don't need to see much more of Oleg the Usurper. The semi-main event was Jigsaw versus Delirious, which was supposed to be the main event of the first show, uh, but Jigsaw was injured and replaced by the Shard, and he and, Delir- and Delirious defeated the Shard in the main event of the first show. Uh, this was the first match where the crowd was really tired and not responding to things. 
Uh, you know, the, the crowd was only about 40 or 50 people, and I had low expectations for their liveliness throughout the show. I assumed it was going to be kind of a dead show and almost boring to be a part of. But up until this point, the crowd was really good about about getting into pretty much every single match that happened on the show. Uh, but this was the first time where these guys were like doing stuff and just not getting the reaction I expected. Delirious, by the way, is doing his full-out Delirious and Sandy gimmick. He's not doing the Chikara character, which is, is which is kind of strange because Jigsaw is is doing the new Chikara character, uh, and the crowd immediately treated Jigsaw as a as a bad guy. Uh, so it's just the you know the rest. I mean, I think this is part of the reason why Chikara is just not coming out and saying that they actually are. I mean, wrestling is and Chikara essentially. Be, are, the, are being run by the same people is because they don't want to be caught having to do things that Chikara... That they don't want to have to be stuck in the Chikara universe if they don't want to. But because there's all this flip-flopping around, it's kind of strange. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, Dragon Gate USA and Evolve when they weren't officially together, but they were... Sometimes the storylines would cross over and sometimes they wouldn't, weren't. And, and I don't know. It, it, uh, it doesn't endear me to the promotion... A lot, but hey, what can you do? These are relatively minor things in, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. Anyway, the match was fine. Uh, Delirious actually hit a uh, a Cobra Clutch suplex at one point, which really surprised me. I didn't think they, he'd bust that out on this type of show. Uh, Jigsaw was getting into it with the crowd a lot. Uh, they did some comedy involving hats, like taking hats from people in the crowd. Uh, anyway, uh, the finish was the shard jump up on the apron. Delirious pushed, uh, shoved him off. Jigsaw rolled him up, got a handful of tights, and for the victory, uh, Jigsaw and Shard retreated to the back. Delirious was really pissed off, and Delirious announced that at the next show, Jigsaw and the Shard would be taking on Delirious and a partner. Uh, there was no tease whatsoever as to who Delirious's partner would be, uh, since they're not s- staying in the Chikara universe. Uh, you know, you wouldn't necess- it wouldn't necessarily have to be someone from the Batiri or Ophidian, but it, maybe it could. Um, I would be, I, th- I would honestly be okay with just if Hal Wicked was his partner and they just said they said fuck it and we don't have to sit, we don't have to keep the Jakara storytelling at all. I think that'd be kind of cool uh, personally. But regardless, uh, this match was fine, a little underwhelming given the talent involved, but uh, you know they were they were in a tough position to keep the crowd going. All right, the main event uh, was Drew Gulak versus Francis o- O'Rourke, a.k.a. Biff Busick. Uh, Biff Busick is... Uh, uh, these are two of my favorite wrestlers in all of wrestling at the moment. Uh, they wrestled each other in Beyond Wrestling in, in the summer of 2012. They had a really they had a good match. And then uh, National Pro Wrestling Day, they had another good match, representing wrestling as respect. Uh, these Gulak and Busick, uh, or Francis O'Rourke if you prefer... Two really, really physical wrestlers. Uh, they really, their style really appeals to me. Their their in in the ring persona really appeals to me. I think these two guys should be part of the foundation for the majority of rest of the wrestling is promotions. And these are two guys that you guys, everyone listening to this, should be YouTubing. You should be checking them out. You should be getting DVDs that they're on because I see them as being a huge part of independent wrestling going forward. If not, uh, even if it. You know, unless they don't, they get signed by WWE TNA. Anyway, uh, the first match ended with uh, their match at 
National Pro Wrestling Day ended with Gulak uh, tapping music with his uh, the Gulak or a Dragon Sleeper variation. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that's how Gulak beat uh, music and Beyond Wrestling a year ago as well. Uh, and that happened here again. Uh, Gulak went for it once or twice before. He had finally got it, but Busek always escaped. The third time, Gulak got it uh, completely, and Busek tapped out immediately. They worked a really physical match. The crowd was very... Uh, it was, there was, uh, while the crowd was not as lively for this, especially the beginning, as they were for other matches on the show, you could tell that the crowd was paying attention to this match and that they found the match compelling, far more so than Jigsaw versus Delirious. And, you know, they had the crowd, as far as I'm concerned, throughout the entire match. Uh, I'm not sure how long it went, maybe 15, 20 minutes, uh, that, somewhere in that range. Uh, and as good as this match was, I definitely think they can, they can do better one day. Uh, part of that may just be they need to be in a better environment. Maybe 2CW, maybe, maybe AAW, if AAW's having a good day. Uh, not sure where else on the East Coast they can have uh, this match and have it with a great crowd, but I think these two have all the potential in the world, and I, I essentially went to the show because this was the main event, and I got my money's worth because of that. Um, so, thank you, both of you, for delivering a great match. They got a standing ovation after the match, but I guess that's relatively standard for uh, for independent wrestling or for all wrestling, for all I know. Uh, anyway, uh, this was a thumbs-up show. I really enjoyed it as a live experience. It was only $10 for general admission. Um, so, as long as the lineup is remotely close to this going forward, I will probably be attending all these events. And I look forward to seeing a lot more of these wrestlers uh, live. Uh, you'd I would say, uh, for as for a recommendation for buying the MP4 or the stream on smartmark smartmarkvideo.com, I say for five dollars, it's pretty close to being worth it. Uh, the main event's really good. Green Ant versus the Shard's good. Uh, Red Tides for Kuma solid match. Delirious Jigsaw solid match. You know, it's not it's not a blow away show, but uh, for five dollars, you could do a whole lot worse. And I don't think you would regret it if you bought it. But it's you know it's not a show you you'll need to see more than once one day so I, I can't give it a super strong recommendation but it's still pretty pretty uh, darn good and it was a ton of fun to be at live and I can't wait for the next show okay thank you all for listening uh, in case you forgot I am TJ Hawk you can find my writings at 401mania.com and at freeprowrestling.com which I also serve as the editor of. You can find me on Twitter at TJHawk411. If you have any questions, I always answer questions from readers and listeners and whatnot. And, uh, you know, give me a follow. I have have an ego, and I, you know, my ego is dependent on how many followers I have, obviously. All right. Uh, I should thank uh, FreeAmissionFR.com for hosting this, for continuing to host this wretched, awful podcast. It's the worst wrestling podcast in the world. It's horrendous, and I thank them for putting up with me. And I thank you for listening. Uh, Bye!